Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Good morning, Grace Avenue Church. Great to be with you this morning. Hey, we are continuing with our series called Proving Ground. Today I am talking about part four called The Wilderness Test. We've been learning what it means to go through tests in life. Uh, Tests come in life, period. We don't always plan for them. A lot of times we don't know they're coming. Sometimes we experience them or encounter them and we don't exactly like them, but nevertheless, we've been talking for the last month about how tests are just a part of life, and they're certainly a part of our faith and how we grow in our faith in life. Uh, In fact, all throughout Scripture, we read that all the spiritual heroes that we look to, God actually brought them through tests and put some of them through tests, and we're encouraged by their life Uh, We look at David, we look at Joseph and Paul and Elijah and Abraham and all these people that we gain encouragement from, we look, their lives were tested. Their faith was tested. Their courage was tested. Their faith and their trust in God was tested. We even read that Jesus himself faced faced testing and temptation in his life as soon as God was doing something magnificent in his life, bam, immediately he gets hit with temptation and testing. So today as a congregation, I really wanted us to learn how to grow through the test of the wilderness. Jesus faced the wilderness test. Israel went through the wilderness for 40 years. And that phrase, wilderness, that I'm talking about today, it's often a phrase that you hear uh, what, what people say, I'm, I'm going through a wilderness season, or I'm, I'm walking through a wilderness. And when they say that, what they're usually referring to is a very dry, desert-like, barren, uh, fruitless season in life where they're not encountering the life that they experienced before, or they're not encountering the life that they thought they'd have, or all the life that they've known has now changed and everything seems dry and different and difficult. A lot of times it's a place where boundless emptiness just kind of permeates every place you look, every place that you see in life. I want to read you the definition of wilderness. It says it's an uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region, an empty or pathless area or region. You know, there are times and in, in seasons where life can feel very much like that, like an empty, pathless area or region. Maybe you've been through a season like that. Uh, maybe you've just come out of a season like that. Seasons where there seem to be more questions than there are answers, where there seems to be nothing around you that's growing or thriving. It just kind of feels like survival mode. It feels like you're going through the motions, like you're just getting through just hanging on by a thread. That's a wilderness season. Maybe you've faced that before. Maybe you're facing that now. Well, today, we can learn from God's Word how to navigate that wilderness test that we all face in life. None of us are exempt from it. Uh, I personally have walked through wilderness seasons. I've walked through them as a man. I've walked through them as a pastor. And I've walked through them as a Christian. Over the span of my Christian life of following Jesus, I've faced some wilderness seasons, and I can tell you this, it's not an easy place to walk, but I promise you, it is a place that you can get through. And I want to help you with that today. Let's look at Psalm 23, 
verse 4. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See, when you're in the wilderness, though, everything may seem like it's changing. What this verse shows us is that God has not departed. God has not left us in the wilderness seasons of life. In the valley of the shadow of death, God is still with us. In the dry place, in the difficult place, God is still with you. God is still with me. Jesus faced his own wilderness and had to learn how to lean on the truth of God, the promises of God, the nature and the character of God. This was all part of his testing. I want to go to Matthew chapter 4 for just a second. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you truly are the Son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It's written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It's also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to Jesus. See, the enemy's goal when Jesus was in the wilderness was to get Jesus to doubt God's word, to doubt God's power, to doubt God's nature and character, and to doubt God's promises. That was the goal of the enemy, to get Jesus to actually doubt God the Father himself. That's the enemy's same goal for you. That when you're in a wilderness season, or if you encounter a wilderness season, that you would doubt everything that you know about God. That you doubt His love, that you doubt that He's with you, that you would doubt that He's going to help guide you through the season of the wilderness. See, the wilderness is a, is a crazy place. It'll do things to you and, and confuse you, and it'll set you into this desperation mode. So you have to be careful. Here, here's what a wilderness place is like. It's a place where loneliness is magnified. It's a place where temptation is great. And thirdly, it's a place where hopelessness stands at the door of your life and knocks, trying to make its way into your life and your circumstances. Think about that for a second. Loneliness, temptation, hopelessness, those are characteristics of a wilderness season. Maybe you're feeling some of that this morning. Maybe you are like that in particular in regard to your marriage or a relationship that you're walking through. Or maybe there's been a transition in your life from leaving this job and you're trying to find a new job or you're trying to get through the season of parenting or, or whatever. You can find yourself in a lonely, tempted, and almost hopeless place in a wilderness season. If you're feeling something like that, you're probably facing a wilderness in that particular area of life. And what I want to help you understand today is that in the wilderness, you have to guard yourself from the effects of the wilderness. You know, when people go camping, 
They take a tent, they take a sleeping bag, they take things to protect them from the elements of the natural world outside. In the same way, in the wilderness, you have to guard your spirit from the effects of the wilderness. Because the wilderness is a place of loneliness, it's a place of temptation, and it's a place of hopelessness. I want to speak to that for just a second, how we deal with the loneliness of a season in the wilderness. It's important that we understand that loneliness must be met with the intentionality of community. Community with who? Well, I'm going to explain. Firstly, community with God by resting in His presence and feeding on His Word. I'll say that again. Community with God, communing with God, resting in His presence and then feeding on His Word. Why is that important? Because God's presence restores you. God's presence renews you and it refreshes you. God's Word builds you. What does it do? It dismantles the lies that you're thinking in the wilderness, in the place of temptation, in the place of loneliness, in the place of rejection or betrayal. When you find yourself there, the truth of God's Word dismantles the lies that you may be thinking or feeling. See, the wilderness is is tough because it empties you of courage and it empties you of strength. It's hot, it's dry, it's barren. You're in survival mode and it empties you of the hope that you're feeling. And God's presence and God's word counteract that and they sustain your life. They lift you up out of the difficulty that you're facing. Another place we find intentionality or pursue intentionality of community is community with God's people. Why do we do that? Because Scripture so clearly tells us in the New Testament that we're to do life with one another, that there really is no solo Christian life, that there's not just you and God or me and God, that it's us together as God's people. This entire congregation that you're sitting next to today is your family. Scripture tells us that we're to pray for one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens, lift one another up, support one another, stand with one another. All these verses tell us that we're supposed to be alongside one another, even in the wilderness. You know, when my wife was near death about a year and a half ago, and my baby was fighting for her own life. She weighed about two pounds in the NICU and was fighting for her future. My whole world was turned upside down. Uh, My other daughter, I hardly saw her for three months. I saw her about three times in the three months. I went from seeing my, at the time, 12-year-old daughter every day all of her life for the first 12 years to seeing her three times in three months. My whole world was turned upside down. I was in a wilderness. The only thing I could hold on to in that time was what I'm talking about right here. God's presence, God's word, and God's people. That was the support that pulled me through the wilderness that I was experiencing. If I didn't have those things, I would have succumbed to loneliness. I would have succumbed maybe to temptation to give up on my faith, to give up on our church, to give up on God, to give up on life and everything I'd worked so hard to build up to that point. But it was God's people that supported me. Some supported me there in the hospital room by standing by my wife's bedside around the clock. I had a team of people. Some were in the waiting room. Some were at home praying. Some were across the world praying for me. But it was God's people who helped sustain me in my wilderness. 
See, your greatest temptation in wilderness seasons will be to isolate yourself and deplete yourself of the things that matter most, God's presence, God's word, and God's people. It'll be a temptation to disregard God's protection plan, if you will, of his presence, his word, and his people to uphold you that keep you from sinking into despair. See, this is why Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What was he saying there? That it's not just the natural things in life. It's not just a vacation. It's not just me time. It's not just rest. It's not just music or food or whatever these things are in the natural world that will sustain us. He's saying, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, there are only, there are some things that only God can tell you in the wilderness that can sustain you. There are only certain things that God can say to you that can feed you, that could transform you in the wilderness. Because the things of this natural world were not meant to be the things that sustain you. It's the things that you can only get from God. Through the wilderness, you meet with God and people in brand new ways. If you're not writing this down, you should write this down. Through the wilderness, you meet with God and people in brand new ways. There's a new way you engage with God when you're walking through the wilderness because it's a place of total dependency. There's a way that you meet with people when you're walking through the wilderness because you're dry, you're depleted, you're discouraged, you're hanging on for life, you're in survival mode, so you humble yourself to a community that loves and prays for you. And what that does is that lifts you up because the truth is in the wilderness season, you often have nothing to offer. You really have nothing to give. You step out of the dry and barren place that you are into the rich, lush garden of the presence of God. And it changes you. You step into a place where the Word of God nourishes your spirit and heals your brokenness and changes the places in your life where you need to be lifted up and encouraged. Pride will always keep you from leaning in. Pride will say that you can just grit your teeth work harder, push through it, that you have enough strength to get through it. Can I tell you that everything in the last few years in my life has been tested? And I found that even after decades of knowing the Bible and helping people and preaching and teaching and praying, that there was not enough strength in me to get through that wilderness season. I needed God's word, I needed God's presence, and I needed God's people. I want to talk for a second about temptation. That's another thing we encounter in the wilderness. Temptation comes to sell you a counterfeit life. This is what the enemy was trying to do with Jesus, to sell him a life through temptation, through lies, to sell him this. That there was somehow uh, the enemy could offer him something better than the promise of God for his life. That's what the enemy loves to do. Because the enemy knows that you and I are in survival mode when we're in the wilderness. He knows we're in desperation mode. We're weary. We're exhausted. We're in defense mode. We're kind of just clawing for life, trying to make the best of what's happening. And the enemy knows that. He knows how to creep in in the weak temptation places of our life. See, the wilderness is the place where you're tempted to make very self-serving, radical, dangerous, and often destructive choices for your life. 
Come on, you know how it is. Think about it this way. When you're starving at midnight and you've been on a health binge and you know you're not going to eat junk food, but you hit, you see Whataburger at midnight and you're starving and haven't had food for six or seven hours, you go for it because you know it's the only thing there. And even though you promised yourself, oh, I'm eating healthy, when that Whataburger light is on, oh man, that temptation is great. In the same way, all joking aside, when there's life that we're dealing with and life that we're facing that's tempting us with decisions that are destructive, man, the power of those moments are, are great. And what I'm telling you is that Jesus passed through this wilderness season of his life. He passed through it. He didn't build a house there. Israel never built a house in the wilderness. They pitched tents because they knew they were passing through. They knew they were getting through what they were dealing with. What I'm saying was Jesus was not planning on staying in the wilderness. And you can't plan on staying there either because the wilderness is only a test. Don't let a season that you should be passing through become your destination. Don't let a season you should be passing through become your destination. Don't build a house in a place you should be pitching a tent. The last thing I want to talk about that we face in wilderness seasons is hopelessness. Hopelessness often comes to try to take center stage. This is how we can guard ourselves against it. We, was, we can remember Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are God's masterpiece, that he has created us new in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. What is that saying to us? It's telling us that before we were born, God had plans that he established for your life and for my life. That means that God knows the good things that are ahead. That means that the season that we're passing through, again, is only a season. It's a test. It's something we're passing through. And when we pass these tests, not only do they add to our faith and our courage, but they enable us to help other people who are walking through some of the same difficulty. Hopelessness, again, comes to knock on your door in the wilderness, and it tries to invite itself into your life and into your circumstances. Your potential is what is inside you, but your purpose is what God designed you to fulfill, and your purpose does come with tests. I wish I could tell you that I could wish away all the tests in your life and that life would just happen for you, but that didn't even happen for Jesus. It didn't even happen for the people that he uses to encourage our lives from the the Word of God. See, we have to understand that the mountaintops in life Those are the places where we feel confident. Those are the places where we feel victorious. But really, it's the wilderness where our potential is proven. And it's our response in the wilderness, the wilderness seasons, that prove the potential that we have, that prove what God has put on the inside of us. Don't despise the training ground of the wilderness because it's preparation for what lies ahead. I want to close with this verse. If you could bow your head for just a moment, I want you to think about this while I read this verse. I want you to take a moment there in your seat to look at your own season, maybe the wilderness you come out of, maybe wilderness you're facing. But I want you to hear this verse, not just with your ears, but with your heart and with your spirit. Would you bow your heads? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness 
and I'm making streams in the wasteland. When your life feels like a wilderness, it feels like a wasteland, God speaks life to the dry places. He brings streams in the wasteland and he makes a way in the wilderness. I'm believing today that God is doing a new thing in you. And I'm believing that he's making a way in your wilderness. And I'm believing that he's going to bring streams of life into the wasteland of your circumstances. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that as your pastor and as you part of this church, that you would grab hold of this message today and embrace it with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. And that you'd agree with me that we are together going to believe that God will move you through the wilderness tests that you face in life. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you, God, that wilderness seasons are only tests. That though they come to test us, though they come to prove us, Lord, I thank you that they're not forever. I thank you that these are things that we pass through, things that we overcome, things that we have victory over and triumph over. Lord, today I pray for every individual here that as they're walking through the wilderness or have come out of a wilderness, God, that you would bring refreshing restoration and renewal to their lives. Lord, that you would bring streams of life into the places where there's dryness. Lord, that you'd make a way for people in the wilderness where they feel there is no way. Lord, we come together as your people, as your church, and we agree on this today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We will continue with this series next week. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.